The World Cup on Off The Ball, covering the good, the bad and, well, the ugly of what's happening in Qatar. Neymar can push the ball between your legs because he just sees things. Subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast feed now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. We've got to go to Kevin Caban, who is uh, coming in live. Nice segue there. Nice segue, yeah. Imagine him playing playing right back. Versatile Kevin Caban. Kev, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Shane. You're right, Johnny. You know, I... I, I, I analysed the uh, the France goal, the Australian goal that France conceded the other night. And um, it's interesting when you're seeing, you know, I, I mean, I would have had it when I would have probably played on the right-hand side. I played on the right wing a little bit in, in my time. But it's always funny when you're opening your body the other way around on your shoulder. It, it, it's so alien to lads when they go on the opposite side of the field. And as I said, I was doing Pavard's goal. And Pavard sees... He sees his, his guy, the guy that scored for Australia on his outside initially, and then he gets attracted to the runner inside and doesn't once open his shoulder out as the move goes on. It was a great goal by Australia. That was a lovely goal, yeah. That's the sort of thing that you look at, little basic things like that that happen in football, but it's the, the, you know, the little minute detail, I think, at times that catches teams out. You were Mr. Versatile, Kev, weren't you? Like you, you both footed to an extent. In midfield and, for a while. Yeah, yeah, both, both flanks. Yeah, you know, I know, yeah. I, 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 I actually played up front for Ireland once as well. Did you? No, um yeah, the only position I didn't play for Ireland was right back, I think. I think it was right back was the only position I didn't play for Ireland, yeah. You didn't played do goals either. Who played and goals, of course. Well, Who played your front? You would know that. Uh, Stan played up front under Stan. I came, I actually, well, I didn't start the game up front, but I went maybe the last uh, 30 minutes in a couple of games for Stan, yeah. Is like Harry Maguire being thrown up front for United last minute? Although Kev, yeah, Kev so, something like pinnacles. that. There was no quality. There was no quality. Like Jerry Maguire being thrown up front. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, funny enough, I can't remember that. But maybe the Stan era was. Yeah, how'd you get on? Uh, I don't know. We, we we didn't have a great time, did we? Understand? Um, I think we we're chasing the game. It could have actually been San Marino. We did it in San Marino when Stephen Ireland scored late on. I think I was up front that game. Um, awesome uh, there was another Ireland. game I think as well yeah I don't know I do you know what Johnny I don't know I don't, honestly God I don't um, Kev I know you've you've kind of spoken about the USA before and, and maybe where they're at or where they're not at to an extent um, mm. England game this evening which is a, a big one in Group B uh, it's great, some great photos in, in the paper some some nostalgic memories Rob Green's uh, howler against uh, the USA to allow them to equalise in 2010 World Cup mm. like the USA will fancy a a bit of a shock here, but I mean the way England performed in the first game, it's it's hard to see it. It's hard to see it happening, is it? I, I think I think England win all day long. I mean, prior to um, who was it the the Wales game, Greg Berhalter, the uh, US coach, said that in this tournament, on our day, we can beat any side in the world. I think what he failed to mention was is the rest of the teams need to have a really bad day if the US are going to go and beat them. They're not great. At There's all the alarm. Kev, Kev, Kev's alarm. Wake up! Wake up. Get Kev, up for off the ball. Kev, Kev, get up for off the ball. Kev, wake oh, no. up! I know. I know. That was the last one. That's my second alarm. That's the second call. That is the most. That is the most annoying. Alarm. I know. I was just thinking this morning because I was waiting to get up. What is my alarm call? Let again? me get it. Just, let me get it. Go, yeah, on, just, go on. I'm going to be really annoyed by this alarm. But what is it anyway? It's like parents. That particular alarm has to be the most annoying of oh, the most. It's my alarm too. But I hear it. I hear it. But it gets me up. It gets. It wakes me up like. And, and my missus, she does that know, like staggered, know, like uh, snooze, one, snooze, snooze. Yeah. It goes off about ten times before I'm even thinking about getting up. I say, oh, what a start to the day. <laughs> Kev's, um, more, Kev's more than awake. He's got his Beatles t-shirt on and the whole lot as well. He's, he's flying this morning. He doesn't, he doesn't need the alarm. And you're three hours ahead, Kev. Is it not, <laughs> is it not 11 a.m. there? 
Is it three hours? No, ahead? no, but I'm still on. I'm still. I'm still on Eastern time. It's still yeah, like fair. what four in the morning or something like that. Three in the morning. So this is where I, I've, I've struggled with the times. I really have. I'm. I'm all over the place. Yesterday, I was. I was due to to leave the hotel here at twelve thirty, and I only got to sleep about five o'clock after the night after the Canada game. We got back in quite late. It was maybe three o'clock, two, three o'clock. We got back in. And then I was up till five, fell asleep. I got up about twelve thirty, missed the missed the bus that I had to get, and then I was like scratching around trying to catch an Uber. So I, I'm all over the place time wise. Sounds like nothing has changed since you left Ireland, anyway. Don't give anything away, Johnny. Come on. Yeah. Um, sounds like I mean, so I have to get to the back pages today. Kev, warning of of arrogance and making sure the players don't get complacent ahead of the USA game. Of course, he's going to say that. Mm. Sounds like he's going to go with the same starting team from the Iran game as well. Like, are there any weaknesses that, yeah. that the USA can target? Not really. Um, I think when you look at it, you probably have to say at the back, the US have a bit of pace. Pulisic up front's got a bit of pace. Doesn't do enough, in, in my opinion, when he gets into the final third. I don't think they've got enough up front, really, the US, to hurt um, to hurt England. They don't create enough chances. As I said, there's a lot of energy. Tyler Adams and Musa were really good in the, in the first game. I think everyone would know Adams at this stage. They're, they've got energy. They, they, they play with energy in midfield especially, but I just don't think they've got enough up front. I probably expect Aronson to come in today. Uh, Gio Reyna from, from Dortmund was, um, I think Berhalter said he had a slight knock in that first game, so I expect him probably to be involved at some stage. Uh, and they could cause England problems at the back, but in, in saying that, I just think England going forward, Walker Zimmerman and Tim Ream at the back, they will not be able to stop Harry Kane. They'll have they'll have so much trouble. Saka's just been outstanding, not just this season, but the last maybe 18 months now, Saka's been 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 terrific. I, I can't believe he's not starting uh, forward, and that was a big surprise for me. I think he's England's best player. But Southgate had that at the Euros, didn't he, where he, I, I felt as though that he was approaching games with a little bit more of a, of a conservative approach and didn't necessarily want to fit his best players in. He, tra- he was trying to get a formula that suited and. You can't argue with that really after the Iran game. I heard you guys just talking there. I think there was, a, a, you know, other circumstances that affected those Iran players. I don't expect them to be as bad in these next two games. But um, I do think Wales will beat them actually today. But um, in saying that, I just think England England have got too much for the US. They should, I, I think they'll probably score two or three today. They may concede again, but I just can't see, um, I can't see anything but England getting nine points from this group. I, I thought, I thought Iran were so bad. I thought it was hard to judge England. I, yeah. Apart from the fact, Kev, I thought they looked very vulnerable, England, in terms of just like, um, when there was a breakdown in play. Declan Rice, I didn't think it was a great game. I thought defensively they didn't look great at all. In a game, in fairness, they were kind of always winning anyway. But for uh, me. Johnny Maguire was outstanding. Maguire was brilliant. He, he, yeah. I, I, I mean, for given the pressure he's under as mm. well, and in that first game, and I know it was Iran, granted, but I think he's going to grow from that a little bit as well. Possibly, I think today will tell us a lot more because, like the US first half against Wales, were very good, and I think this will tell us a lot more about England. I, you were almost half talking England up as potential winners in the Irish Times. I can't have it at all. I think they're, I think they're way off. No, I, I, well, no, I think I, 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 if you ask me before the tournament, I'm saying absolutely no chance. I can't see it. Watching Brazil last night, I think you and I both share the same opinion on Serbia, Johnny. I, Serbia could easily go and get six points from these next two games. Brazil's tempo they played at. If you watch Saudi Arabia against um, Argentina, it wasn't great football, but it was just the tempo they played at. Argentina couldn't deal with it. If you watch Tunisia in, in their game against Denmark, the tempo, it's almost the tone's been set for the tournament that 
the tournament hasn't really been great yet. I, I'd probably agree with that. But the tempo that the, the maybe the one or two of the lesser teams are setting against the, the bigger nations is what is something they can't compete with. So I think Brazil will take some stop in Johnny. I, I I don't think England will win it. I don't. I think they're going to fall down. I think defensively, I think they're going to struggle maybe against one or two of the better, uh, better teams. I think France up front, let's just see where Mbappe goes and, and things like that. But they, they've got issues, haven't they? Defensively, again, France, another injury to them. I just think it, I think that might come back to bite uh, France. And it, it just leads back to Brazil to me every single time, whichever way I turn. I, I can't see Brazil with the strength of squad they have, with the 26 players that they have. I just think Brazil will win it. I just can't see it, anything else. How important, Kev, is, is, is a harmonious group? Because I'm looking at the Brazil team last night coming off the bus and you know they're all singing and dancing and... They seem there's a real sense of togetherness. Same with England. You're looking at the back pages and seeing them all laughing and joking together and training. Look, it's a photograph. Mm. You can't really tell, but there seems to be that vibe from this English camp. Saw a great story even before the World Cup from uh, on the 2018 French win. You know, during the tournament, Adil Rami, the, you know, some of the teammates in the hotel waking him up, and he came out with the fire extinguisher. And the next morning, yeah. Deschamps said, "I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to laugh it off because there's a togetherness with this team. We need to keep it that way." Like, how, how important is that? Um, Kev, at a tournament especially, to have that harmony. I suppose 2002 is, is an example of, of when it maybe goes the other way. Yeah. But, I mean, it's an important thing. If you want to win the tournament, you have to have a, a together group. Yeah, I think I think it's very important. I think you've seen it with other nations where we've had some of the top teams in past World Cups and Euros when they've turned up for a tournament and you can see there's been there's been friction within that camp and, and they've, they've fallen down, maybe, maybe even not even getting out of the group at times. So, yeah, I do think that. It's a bit different, isn't it, this one, that they've only got that week anyway. They've not had the, mm. the, the three or four weeks preparation, which it can become a bit stale within the camp, no matter no matter what anybody says. It, it, you're away from home, you're away from your family, and you're away from, from the things that you've become comfortable with. It, it it can throw people off. Some some players don't like that. I've come across lots of players that, that were like that, that just didn't necessarily like being away from home. So... I think that week, I think, is going to help a lot of sides, the, the six days or what it, whatever it was, just to prepare for the tournament. I know M- Martinez has, has said recently, you know, after they played against Canada the other night, just saying that we had no time to prepare. You know, it's thrown us. But if you're looking at it mentally from the players, I think it'll help them as the tournament progresses that they're not going to be away for seven or eight weeks. It'll only be a maximum of perhaps four or, or five going into, if, if they get to a final like Brazil or whoever. So... Yeah, I do think that um, that togetherness definitely does help. And the best teams over the years and in World Cups and everything, I think you probably generally find that they do have a lot of players within that squad that are all probably friends, I would say, friends for life almost. And that, that's the stories that seem to come out afterwards when, when teams win and do well in tournaments. Wasn't that the thing about Brazil, Kev, though? They looked like they'd been in, they looked like they'd been in camp together. They, they looked like they knew oh, exactly God. what their teammates were doing. Even the subs were like, when they came on, it was like interplay. And I, 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 I fell for the Serb defenders with 10 minutes ago, where it's yeah. like, this isn't over. They were, they were dead, pushing. Johnny, weren't they? They were dead. They, they couldn't run. They, you could see the Serbian players. They were absolutely gone. And there's a couple of players from Serbia that I was actually surprised didn't start the game last night. I, I was watching. I, we've all seen a lot of Serbia. And I was. I looked at the team that was played, uh, put out. And I was... Um, I can't remember the, the, the left wing back now that didn't start the 17. Uh, you might have that in front of you there. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. But there was, a, oh. there was two or three players and I was looking at it and... Um, I was just thinking, why why hasn't he started some of these? But anyway, regard. I think he spoke of fitness issues around one or two players anyway coming into it. But Brazil, as I said, the tempo that they played with, and it could have been five. And Serbia are a top side, by the way. They're a really, really good good team. I think that the 
As, I mean, I, I tipped them to get out of this group. I, I still think they will get out. I, it's going to come down to that last game against Switzerland. And if anyone remembers 2014, Shakiri and Xhaka and, and with the tension that was going on around that mm. game against the Serbs. So that'll come up again if, if there's something riding on that last game. It should be a great game if it comes down to that one. Um, but overall, I, I, I just I said, what you're saying, Johnny, with Brazil, everyone, like the, the 15, 16 players that all played, un- unbelievable performance, unbelievable, especially the last 20 minutes of that game. Now, can they, can they maintain that, that level of just intensity for the, for the performance? That's what I'd look at. But Jesus, what a, what a team they look. They look so good. And I, they, again, if England play against that or even France, Spain even, I just don't think they're going to be able to compete with that real pace that they play at. Dusan, was Vlahovic, Kev, that, that uh, didn't start maybe for Serbia? No, not Vlahovic. No. Not, not Vla- yeah, Vlahovic was one. I'm surprised he didn't start Vlahovic. It was the left wing back. Ah, uh, oh, jeez. Uh, 17, number 17 on the squad. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Who else came on? Uh, Maksimovic came on. Lazovic came on. Radonjic no, and Illich, no, no. Ivan Illich. We'll, we'll go around this all day. No, yeah, he, we didn't, will. he didn't come on. He, he, didn't, he didn't come on. Okay. Just to, just to mark people's cards on uh, the games today. So 10am is Wales, Iran. At 1 o'clock, it's Qatar, Senegal in Group A. 4 o'clock, Netherlands, Ecuador. And then the England-USA game is at 7. Like that, that Wales game as well. And uh, I mean, Gareth Bale, big game for him. He become um, most capped Welsh player of all time. He's overtaken Chris Gunter. I think it's 109 mm. caps now for, for Bale. And uh, the great story in the, in, in the, page of the papers this morning... Bale urges schools, let pupils watch. So there's this, uh, uh, I guess, um, effort to get all of the schools in. in there's more than more than a thousand schools in Wales have already signed up, expected to take part in Kimberley Football Friday. So they're going to, I guess, it, back in our day, it was wheel out the TV. I don't know what the modern equivalent oh, yeah. is, but yeah. uh, like, do you remember that as as a kid, Kev? Like, what was your first, what was your first World Cup watching moment? Like, I, I think '98 was probably the one where I properly got into it but do you remember the yeah. first time you, you watched the World Cup and thought yeah this is for me I'm a bit older than you Shane of course <laughs> no I, I remember 86 really well I, I really remember 86 um, Maradona and everything that went with it I, I fell in love with the game after Maradona um, it was it was one of those things it was different times I, Italian 90 means so much to me because I remember getting in from school at, at 2 in the afternoon 3 in the afternoon whatever it was you were racing home from school to watch one of the afternoon games it was, they were special memories from an Irish perspective, in, in my in my mind, but '86 was was great. I remember watching, you know, Kareka, Josimar at that World Cup, and watching Joel Bats in in goal for France. Um, I always remember, I always remember Rats who was playing for for Russia. Then in one game, it was Rats against Bats in goal. Little memories that come back to you in your head <laughs> from when you were a kid. Um, so '86 and, and Maradona and everything that Maradona did at that World Cup, I I, I fell in love with football. I, I did and. All I wanted to do after that was 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 playing a World Cup. I, I, that that was pretty much it from from, from my own point of view. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin, like this. Uh, my cousins in Coventry, they had like um, it would have been my father's first cousin, and they all immigrated like Kev's dad did, and you know they went over to Coventry and had kids, and their kids were a little bit older than us. So when their jerseys were a little bit too big, they'd they'd flog them back to us um, second hand, and we were delighted to get them kind of working class family in East Galway. And I was given this crude O'Neill's Argentina jersey with Maradona on the back, oh. and I didn't know the difference. Oh, and I wow. I scored three goals in, in, in that morning. I remember in school, I scored three goals, and I never scored because I felt a million dollars. And that's what Maradona. <laughs> I don't even know what year that was. That was probably around nineteen, around nineteen ninety, give or take. But the, the the whole Maradona thing as a kid, Kev, I, and you were a little bit older than me. Yeah. 
what he did for football and what he did for little kids to think like that, um, you know, this know. is the game I want to play, I suppose. I know, it's true. It's exactly what he did for me. And it's not, of course, I mean, I remember, I remember vividly, obviously, the handball goal. I remember the, the run against England and, and that, I mean, I heard you talking about Richarlison being the best goal ever scored in the World Cup, but it's, nothing beats Maradona against <laughs> England. Nothing, nothing will ever beat that goal. Um, Except the one so, against Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I was going to come off the back of that. Throughout that World Cup, um, if if you watch the Maradona documentary that, that was on a, a, a couple of years ago, and you see the, the 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 level of performance he was putting in in every single game, three men marking him, and, and the kicking and he that's got, when you Kev, could really, really when you kick him, you could yeah. kick the shy out of him. It was unbelievable, honest to God, the, the what he suffered in in every single game, and that was every game for his club when he went when he first moved to Barcelona when he was in Italy. You can only imagine what he faced in Italy. Just what a player, what a player. And he changed it. He changed the landscape for so many of us in watching football. I think he changed football in many respects because we had this player doing what he was doing every single game and all of a sudden then TV then boomed off the back of it, didn't he? And I think that's when everyone was then glued through the 90s, as we all know, watching Italian 90, that's when it became a lot more uh, relevant for us as Irishmen. But that's when everything changed for us. But just going back to your point there as well on... Um, the TVs in the classroom and things like that when they're getting rolled in. I'm actually hearing it, honestly. I mean, in Canada now, and I, I don't want to go back and start harping on about things like this, but Canada falls way down the pecking order in, in soccer terms. I, I, you know, there's probably four or five sports ahead, easily ahead. And what we're hearing, I think we, we, we're getting a huge audience for an afternoon kickoff in Canada. I think it was three, four o'clock uh, kickoff in the afternoon in Canada the other day. Huge audience. These guys who nobody knows about, everyone knows of Alfonso Davies, everybody maybe is starting to learn about Jonathan David now, but no one knows any of the other guys in the team, nobody. And now all of a sudden, all these kids, we're hearing schools rolling the TVs in, so the kids are watching mm -hmm. the, the soccer games in school. It's absolutely unheard of. And it's great now that, you know, we talk about legacies from World Cup, and I heard Johnny talking about the Qatari World Cup and legacies and things like this. Might not necessarily be the case here, granted, but it does have a meaning in other parts of the world. And that is hopefully what we're going to see in Canada with the next World Cup in 2026 being there. I'm hoping four years down the line, there's a real buzz ahead ahead of that um, going into into games being played over there in Canada. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. The legacy might not be in Qatar, but it'll be elsewhere like the, the, the bank holiday in Saudi Arabia and things like that. You know, the people in Saudi Arabia are never going to forget that that game against Argentina, regardless of mm. what happens. from uh, Philip Kostic, left wing back for Serbia. Kostic, Kostic, yeah, how, how he didn't start the game. He, he, he was a regular all the way through for, for, uh, for Serbia, yeah. I, I didn't understand his team selection, but there was obviously issues there. But um, I, I, I still fancy Serbia somehow. So I think Serbia are top side. Finally, Kev, uh, the, the news, I don't know if you've seen it overnight, Oshin Mullen has accepted a position to play with the Geelong Cats. Mayo GEA has announced the move on social media, wishing him the best in his new endeavour, thanking yeah. him for all the memories. Two-time Young Footballer of the Year. Um, uh, as a club we appreciate the magnitude of moving overseas this is Geelong and understood Oshin's reasons for remaining in Ireland and not joining us for this season uh, I mean Kev it's a, it remains to be seen what Lee Keegan is going to do in terms of retiring or not retiring and staying on for next yeah. year but this this, regardless Oshin Mullen heading off to us is a, is a bit of a blow for, for Mayo and Kevin McStay It is there, there's, there's going to be retirements anyway I think and you know, I think we all hope Lee Keegan does carry on but you, you only get, you, as I was going to say there, you only get one crack at it. He had a, he had a chance to go last summer and decided to, to maybe uh, to stay back and just to have a good, another crack at the All-Ireland, which didn't work out. But um, 
I just think we all wish him all the best. It, you know, it, it's still going to be a hard road for him to go and succeed over there in Australia. But um, good luck to him. He's been incredible. He's, he's a young man with with so much potential, and I think he's I think he's got everything within him as as an athlete and everything to go and succeed over there in Australia. So good luck to him. May, in male terms, yeah, I think Kevin McStay, you can't replace him at the moment. There's, there's nobody else right now to, to, to step in and replace him. So it's going to be a, a huge um, a huge void. Yeah, fair play to him. Big loss for Mayo, but a uh, massive boost for Geelong Cats. Uh, of course, he joins Zach Toohey and Mark O'Connor over there. Uh, Kev, great stuff as always. We'll check in again. Enjoy the games today. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Johnny. All the best, boys. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.